I can't tell you how excited I am about the series that we're starting today. There's a guy in the New Testament, his name is James. James is actually, now this is what gives him a little bit of fame, is he is the, he's actually the brother of Jesus. So, you know, you want to listen to Jesus, and how many of you know if Jesus' brother is on the right track, which obviously he is, and then you're going to want to listen to him. You know, we started talking last weekend about, you know, Easter and, and how that God wants us to enjoy a better life than the life that we have right now. And, and the way that we experience that better life is that we really go God's way. We have a tendency in our own human condition to mess things up when we try to do it our way. But when we just say, okay, God, I want to hear what you have to say about my life and direction for my life and wisdom for my life. And so how do I move in that direction? And James is an incredible book that helps us with it. That's why I'm glad that we're diving into this together today. And you're not, I'm just telling you ahead of time, not even telling you where we're going, but I'm just saying you do not want to miss next week. Next week is going to be so important. You're going to have to be back here for that. And that's all I'm going to say about it at this point. But James is this incredible book. You know, every time, for the most part, when we start a brand new message series, I will know uh, about how many weeks. I'll know precisely, really, generally three, four, five weeks or so. But this time in James, I don't even really know. I'm just being honest with you. I don't even know when we're going to end. We're just going to take a journey into it, and I'm going to know that we're done when we're done. That's the only way I'm going to know. And, uh, but we'll find a, you know, a, a time to end. It's not going to go like for three years or two years or six months. So I don't want you to worry about that. But it's going to go out beyond how uh, long a normal message series will be. And what we're talking about day, today is just so important uh, because a lot of us, when we go through tests and trials and challenges, which we all will. You know, if you think that when you became a Christian that you were essentially signing up for a problem-free life, then that's not a reality. When I became a Christian, that's what I hoped. Uh, you know, I had problems in my life. I had challenges in my life. Uh, you know, I gave my life to Jesus for the right reasons and basically in the understanding that I had at that point. And what I was really hoping was that now that I'm a follower of Jesus, that meant all of my problems would forever go away. And how many of you, you sort of wish that would happen for you too? And then you came to the reality that that is, that is not what happened. But here's what you come to discover. And this is why most of you, or all of you really, are going to be able to grasp together today. Is that is, even though we're going to have problems still, after we're a Christian, God gives us this assurance. Hey, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. I'm always going to be with you. Yeah, you still got some problems. You still got some challenges. There's still some things that you're having to deal with. But here's the difference. For the first time in your life, you're not having to deal with them all on your own. This is not about your help and your strength and your power and your wisdom. Now I'm with you. In fact, God says, where you are weak and where I'm weak, he said, I'm able to help you to become strong. And that's exciting. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today and, you know, how that we're going to go through some challenges. And it's not always going to be easy. But we don't quit. We don't give up. And if we keep our thoughts right and we, you know, manage with God's help the circumstances well, we can get on the other side of them and just look back and say, you know what? It wasn't very pleasant. It wasn't very excited about going through it. But the reality is, the reality is, as a result of it, I'm, a, I'm not a bitter person. I'm actually a better person. And I'm a lot stronger. I've got a lot more, you know, like fortitude and endurance and perseverance in my life now as a result of that. The reality is all of us are going to go through tests. And they start very, very early in life. Have you discovered this? I mean, when you started like elementary school, how many of you know they started giving you tests not like too far into that? 
And, and, you know, I don't know what elementary school you went to or where you grew up, but when I went, I mean, I remember as a small, I remember my first grade teacher, Mrs. Duncan. I remember my second grade, Mrs. White, Mrs. Clark. I can go on and on and on. And I can remember they, none of them ever came to me and said, okay, Jeff, we know that today is test day, but you really don't have to take the test. It wasn't like that. It's like, hey, you're all going to take a test because that's what you do in school. You take a test. And then you get a little bit older, and then you hit your teenage years, and then, you, and then there's actually a test that you want to take. It's not in school. It's actually your driver's test, your driver's license test. And I can remember growing up in the suburbs of Atlanta, and I don't know how rules and laws and change, you know, ages and states and all of that, but I just knew that when I turned 15 that I was going to be able to go in and take a test. It wasn't a driving test. It was a written test. But I could go in and take this test and uh, get a learner's permit. And I can remember being so excited about being able to take that test. I'm like, you know, I'd, I'd been a Christian for a little while, and I'd heard people talk about Jesus coming back in a, in a moment, in a second, when you don't even know. And that's true. That's true. All of that is true. In a twinkling of an eye, Jesus is coming back. And I realized that, but I've just got to tell you, I was praying, Jesus, you know, I know you're coming back. I know unannounced, twinkling of an eye, nobody's going to know. But, oh, please don't let it happen before I turn 15 and get my learner's permit. I really want to get my learner's permit. And, and I, I remember passing that test and getting so excited and, um, you know, I was standing in line so that I could get my photo ID and have my official license. And, and there was an older gentleman standing in front of me. I'll remember this forever, standing right in front of me in line. And I was close enough that I could hear the questions that were being asked. Obviously, he was not there for his driver's his learner's permit. He'd been driving for quite some time. And when he came up, the lady made a couple of comments and then asked him the question. I remember this so well. She said, she looked at him and said, would you like to be an organ donor? And when she said that, it rippled through him as though she was saying, if you do, we're going to go ahead and wheel you right back to a back surgical room now and get started. I mean, like, and he's like, no, like, no. And I don't think he quite got the question. And he's thinking, like, right now, not later, you know, after he goes, I'll never forget that. And, and then, um, you know, you get older than that, and you, you're, you don't always, but you're supposed to, get uh, regular medical tests. And I, I know that this is a, a message out of the book of James, and I'm not going to deviate. I know exactly where I am and where I'm going with this talk. But I do want to pause and just say, Reality is there's just wisdom in you, in you doing these things that are recommended. And I wouldn't tell you to do them if I didn't do them, you know, and there's nothing fun about them, you know. I got two weeks away of full medical, uh, you know, checkup, annual checkup like I, I get, and I'm not, I'm not excited about it, but I, I know it's a good thing to do. And if you're not doing that, I know a lot of us guys especially, we're stubborn. We're like, no, I'm not going to do that, uh, you know, unless I'm... Uh, you know, in like horrible shape. I'm never going. But there's just wisdom in doing that. Living in Florida, I think just things like going for a, like a skin check. I do that every single year. And so we have these medical tests. And, you know, life is a series of tests. And if you're a man that is married a at least once, probably many times in your life, your wife has actually suggested that you have another test. And that is a hearing test. She's like, you got to get one because you, you're not hearing anything that I said. Now, I have perfected something, you know, I'm not perfect in a lot of, but I have perfected the ability to still be able to watch a football game, listen to what my wife says, repeat it back to her, and never miss a single play. And she has said to me many, many times, she said, Jeff, are you listening to me? 
And I said, yes, I'm listening to me. And, and then she says, you know, it's changed over the years. It, it used to be like this. It played out just like this. Jeff, are you listening to me? Well, of course I'm listening to you. Yes, I'm listening to you. Well, if you're listening to me, then what did I say? And I learned the art of being able to repeat back to her verbatim exactly what she just said. And then she called on, and then she'd say, just because you repeated it doesn't mean that you were listening. So the reality is, you know, at some point you're going you're gonna to get, you know, some tests in your life. And life is a series of tests. And it's a series of challenges. And it's a series of, you know, at times in your life, some trials that you walk through. And, and it's not fun. It's really not fun at all. And you don't look forward to it. But tests are a necessary part of the growth process. And although they're unpleasant, uh, growth is necessary for you and I becoming all that God intended for us to be. And, and you're not going to grow. You're just not going to mature. You're not going to reach the zenith of your spiritual potential if you're just like, no, not me. I'm checking out. I'm never, uh, you know, and if, if it gets too difficult, I start, you know, having some tough times. I'm just checking out of it. I mean, take, for example, like a, like a one-year-old child. Uh, a one-year, and we'll say a little boy, and he's just saying to himself, you're not going to hear, of course, him saying this out loud, but you just wonder what's going on in his little mind. You wonder, you know, he's trying to get better at the walking thing, and he just keeps falling down, and you just wonder, does he ever say to himself, you know what, I, I keep falling, and, but the reality is, although he keeps falling, a little child like that, boy or girl, they're not going to say, you know what, I keep falling. This is so stupid, you know, that I just keep falling down. I guess because I keep falling down, I guess I'm not cut out for walking, so I'm, just, I'm not even going to try anymore. I'm going to crawl around the rest of my life when I'm, when I'm 2 and when I'm 10 and when I'm 30. I'm just going to crawl through life. You know, I'm not cut out for walking. No, that's not going to happen. They're not going to settle for crawling the rest of their life just because they don't want to experience falling again. But you and I, a lot of times, we're just like, okay, life is so challenging at times, and I'm just, you know, I'm going to fall, and I'm not going to forge ahead, and, you know, the whole endurance and perseverance and becoming stronger, that's just not real interesting to me. But uh, I, I pray that by the time we get to the end of this, that some things will make sense, and you'll have like a renewed determination that you're going to allow God to grow you, even when it's not easy, because some of you are walking through some heavy stuff. And listen, I'm not trying to frighten you, but some of you, you have some stuff ahead of you that you've not even experienced yet, but you're going to want to get something down deep in sort of the core of who you are so that when it does occur, you're going to say, you know what, I, I knew at some point in my life I'd go through a challenge, but now I know how, and I know that God's going to be with me. I know I'm going to, you know, be helped by God. And I think it's important for us to understand the people that James is writing to when James, again, the brother of Jesus, pins this letter to a group of followers of Jesus, he knows full well that they're experiencing, you know, some pretty heavy-handed persecution from their unbelieving neighbors. And a lot of the people don't like that they're following Jesus. They don't like Christianity. They're violently opposed to Christianity. And so there's all this pressure. In fact, the language that James uses here, it is language. It's not like some inner turmoil or inner temptation that they're having to deal with. It's this external pressure. Not that the internal stuff is not real because it can be incredibly real. But in this case, it's a lot of the external stuff. It's a serious test for many what are brand new Christians. A lot of these are not even veteran Christians. Yet. They're like brand new, all this pressure. And when James writes about these tests, he's just saying, you know, this is going to happen and they're going to come your way. And, and actually, the language that he uses is one of an unanticipated or unwelcome experience. And that's happened to us all. That's happened to us all where we're like, you know what? I was just moving on with my life. And then all of a sudden, 
I'm in, in the doctor's office and I get this report. Or I'm, I get called to the human resources department at the place where I work. Or, you know, my, my spouse served divorce papers on me. Or, you know, my kids in like big trouble and on and on we can go. And it's just like unanticipated. You never saw it. You know, there was not like a lead up, you know, progression to it. It's just like out of nowhere. And that's what James is, is using here, that kind of language, unanticipated, unwelcome events. In fact, what is interesting, his brother Jesus actually used the same kind of word before James ever did when he told the parable, he told this story about the Good Samaritan. In the language that Jesus used, Jesus said, and this, and this guy is walking along, it said, and listen to what he says, and he fell into the hands of robbers. It's like unanticipated, like out of nowhere, these robbers come and beat him, take everything he's got. Same kind of language. And so I think you know, what we're going to learn in the next few moments is that God is able to help us in our, our verses for today. You're going to see them right up here on the screen. I want you to take a look at them. We're going to start right in chapter 1. We're just going to sort of work our way. This is going to be a great journey, and you're going to learn a lot, and you're going to grow a lot. We all are, and I just encourage you to be here every week for that. Uh, chapter 1, let's start at verse 2. You're going to see it on the screen here. My friends, be glad even if you have a lot of trouble. Now, let me just stop right there and just tell you, Dad, um, and man, Dad, I stumble at that. Be glad. But we're going to explain. You know, first time I ever started reading this as a new Christian, I'm like, glad. I don't feel very glad. I'm not happy with the trouble that's going on in my life. My friends, he said, be glad. Even if you have a lot of trouble, we'll talk about what he meant. You know that you learn to endure by having your faith tested. But you must learn to endure everything so that you will be completely, look at this word here, mature and not lacking in anything. Now, you skip down numerous verses, and uh, look at what he adds to this. This is down in verse 12. He said, blessed are those who endure when they are tested. When they pass the test, guess what's going to happen? They're going to receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Now, I want to give you some principles. I want to give you some thoughts here. I want to deal with the text first, and then we'll take sort of the second part of this, and we'll deal with the application side of it. So let's deal with the text itself for just a few moments. And here's one of the things that I want you to know that James is saying to all of us, to these early followers of Jesus that's got all this external pressure, something that the Bible wants you and I to, you know, comprehend and understand and apply. And that is, here it is, I'll give it to you. The first thought is this, that tests are not uncommon. They are not. We want them to be, but they're not. In fact, tests and challenges and trials, I'm using these terms interchangeably, of course, they actually ought to be expected. But if you're like me, I'm just, I'm just test adverse. I, I don't, I don't want to go through them, and, and I, I don't want to have to deal with them. I, I would love to think, my preference, you want to know what my preference is? My preference is to avoid them altogether. Even though, even though I know deep down that they're the things that can help us to grow stronger and make us better, and that can be actually valuable for our life. We don't think about it, and none of us do right in the middle of it. But even though I know that they can help me, make me stronger, it's like I want to do everything I can to avoid them. And so sometimes I have these foolish notions of thought, well, you know, here's what I'll do. I'll just, I'll just try to outsmart them. And I'll just try to think, and I'll just try to get ahead and, you know, my brain. And maybe if I'm, you know, if I'm trying to be smart enough and applying my, my mind to, to, maybe I'll be able to avoid these things. 
Sometimes we even think, well, you know, if, if I was just a, you know, if I was just a more spiritual person, if I was more religious, if I was, you know, this, and I know I'm here and that's, but if I would get, maybe God would like give me merits or brownie points for that and I'd get some extra credit and then God would allow me to go through because I'm a little bit more religious, a little bit more, you know, I'll be able to sort of sidestep all that, but that, that doesn't work either. And then sometimes we think, you know, we almost have like a, a lottery mentality. You know, sometimes people, they just, they just win the lottery and they get this influx of, of cash. And uh, maybe, maybe I'm going to be an exception to the rule. Maybe some way, somehow, I'm going to be able to navigate through all of my life and I'm, I'm going to be sort of the exception to this truth. But you know what, friends? This is what I've discovered. No matter how wise are diligent, or righteous, or devoted that we attempt to be. We never seem to get the luxury of being able to sidestep the challenges that we're going to face in life. And you're going to face them, and I'm going to face them. We're going to walk through them. The Bible actually teaches this with utter clarity. I want you to see some of these verses. First one is uh, out of John's gospel, and it's actually Jesus speaking. Look at what Jesus said. Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have what? Peace. Say it again. In me, you may have peace. In this world, you're going to have trouble. That's what he's saying. Hey, you're going to be in a world, the world's all messed up and it's dark, and I'm going to one day redeem it, reclaim it, you know, sort of Eden restored, and, you know, I'm going to make wrong things right again in this paradise. And, and he said, but we're not there yet. And while you're in this messed up world, there's going to be some trouble, but you can be in a messed up world, and you can be in a world that is all fouled up, but in you can be peace, because that's going to come from me. Look at the rest of it. So with that in mind, take heart, because I've overcome the world. World's bad. It's ugly. It's dark at times. You're going to have some trouble in it, but just always keep this in mind. I've overcome the world, and my peace is able to be resident within your life. Look at the next verse. This is Acts chapter 14, verse 22. It says, they strengthen the believers, and they encourage them to remain true to the faith. We must pass through. I don't like, listen, I don't like to read verses like this, honestly. We must pass through many troubles. How many of you, you just see that phrase there and you just said, okay, I was looking for a life verse and that is not it. That is not going to be my life verse. It's not going to be my motto verse. We must pass through many troubles to enter the kingdom of God. Look at this next one. This is so clear. 1 Peter 4, 12. Because what we're saying in this first principle is that tests ought to be expected. They're not uncommon. And that's exactly what this early church leader says. Look at what Peter writes. He said, my dear friends, Do not be surprised at the painful test you are suffering as though something unusual were happening to you. Because, you know, this matters to me a whole lot. You matter to me a whole lot. You matter to God. And I just don't want anybody that's a part of our church family to ever have this notion of saying, well, you know, if, if I'm going through a problem, it must be because there's something in my life that's messed up. And of course, we bring trouble on ourselves. All of us have foolish decisions and choices that lack wisdom. But I'm just telling you, it's like Jesus said, we're just in a messed up world. And until it's redeemed and reclaimed, we're just going to have some, some trouble here. And we don't need to be shocked by that. And we don't need to, like, you know, be overwhelmed. I don't, I don't want you, especially like if you're a new Christian, to just feel like, you know, I thought coming to Jesus was going to mean that all my problems were over. And the Bible doesn't say that. I'm not going to promise you that. I will, as I mentioned earlier, promise this. For the first time in your life, you're not going to have to go through them by yourself. And there's going to be a power like we talked about last week. Jesus promised in his power to us for daily strength. 
And so it's not like you're going to be able to avert them. So go ahead and accept what is accurate. You're going to experience, I'm going to experience some tests, some challenges. But God is also saying that uh, he's going to give us the necessary courage to be able to face them. Let me give you a second truth. It's right out of James. And that is, this sounds so foreign, it sounds so weird, so strange, but let me go ahead and mention it. And that is that tests can also be beneficial. They can be beneficial. I want to take you back to a phrase that we read earlier from James. This time it is not on the screen, but here it is. It's out of verse 2. Be glad. Remember that one? Be glad even if you have a lot of trouble. And I'm like, no, I can't be glad. Trouble does not bring me gladness. In fact, when I first started reading that, I'm like wondering, is that, you know, I guess there can be typos in the Bible, you know, because like people printed them. And this obviously is a typo. It should not be saying, be glad when you experience trouble. If somebody messed it up, it should say, be sad. Okay, that made sense to me. Be sad when you're going through trouble. Or maybe it's not, maybe the typo, be mad when you're going through trouble. You know, be mad, be glad, you know, be sad, be frustrated, you know, be fearful, but be glad. And again, when we read that, that doesn't make any sense to us at all. Now, and I want to just say, you know, add this caveat. If you're just saying, well, you know, I'm just one of those unique personalities, you know, Pastor Jeff. I just, I look at tests and trials and I look at challenges and I just say, come on, I welcome you. I love to walk through this. If that is your attitude, I'm really concerned about you, and I'd like to get you some professional help if I can. Because that just, that doesn't make any sense. And it's not, and it's not like, and we've got to be clear about this. That's when we read it. It's like, what? I can't be glad. It's not that you're glad in the middle of it. It's almost this idea if when, when you get out on the other side of it, you can look back and you can say, I'm so glad I didn't quit. I'm so glad I didn't give up. And I can look now at my life, and I thought that this whole thing would have made me better, but it's not. I'm a better person. I'm a stronger person. I'm a more mature Christian. I've got perseverance in my life. I know how to endure. And it's not like you're glad in the middle of it, but you get to the other side of it, and you're like, you know what? God helping me, I came through that. And you know that it prepares you for a challenge that is yet to be experienced again at some point in your life. And you just said, you know what? I'm learning and I'm growing and I'm maturing in God and I'm not going to quit and I'm not going to give up. Here's the point. I'm not glad that I'm going through a test, but I am pleased with what God is doing in my life. And I know that if I handle it well and I refuse to give up, I refuse to quit, God's going to do something wonderful and special and unique in my life, and it's going to make me stronger. And I'm actually going to move a step closer to that better life, that stronger life that I really want. This Bible scholar by the name of David Nystrom who has said this, endurance means active steadfastness. It's staying power. It's this determination to keep on going even in the midst of adversity. But he said it is also colored with this idea of hope. I do not quit. I do not give up. I don't blame God. I'm not mad. I know that this happens. It's normal. If I respond to it the way that God wants me to respond to it, it's actually going to be uh, long-term beneficial for my life. It's going to help to grow me up. I want to take sort of the balance of our time and just shift gears in the remainder of the talk to get really, really practical with you. It's this idea of if I'm experiencing trial and I'm building some endurance in my life, which all of us need to do and we want to do, I know that, then why should I be hopeful, you know, in that? Why should I be glad? And again, it's not the gladness. I don't want you to think James is just saying, hey, you feel some pressure, some challenge, and just get really excited about that. It's not like in the middle of it where we feel that. It's we get on the other side of it. 
Because if we endure the test, here's something we got to know, just real practically. If we endure the test, if we endure the trial, we become increasingly mature. Take it back to a verse you saw earlier. This time it's not on the screen. We saw it. It said, you must learn to endure everything so that you will be completely mature. And I want to pause for just a moment to provide some additional clarity. This word mature here does not mean perfection. It does not mean perfection. How many of you have already figured this out about yourself? You are not perfect. All right? And I know I'm not perfect. Probably a lot less perfect than many of you are. But that's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about perfection here. He actually means a goal or a rightful purpose. I like what Craig Rochelle has written. He said, think of all of the substandard people that God used. Sometimes the greatest were the ones who messed up the biggest. People like Moses. He names many of them. Moses murdered a man. Abraham was a liar. Jacob was a cheater. Rahab was a prostitute. David committed adultery. The apostle Paul even murdered Christians. And yet God used all these mess-ups later to do awesome things. And I think the truth for us in that is God wants to mature us and grow us. And don't look back at the person that you were. Look, friends, at the future, the person that God God's going to help you to become the person you're going to, God's going to mold you into and fashion you into and just make you this strong, mature person that, that you don't will, you don't buckle when you're walking through a trial. And you learn lessons from people like Nick, and you just say, you know what, life is not always easy, and it's not always fair, but I'm not going to blame God, and I'm not going to get mad at people, and I'm certainly not going to become bitter. I'm going to allow God to use this to make me a better person, and I'm not going to allow the enemy to keep pulling me back to the past. Those of you that are new Christians, the evil one gets really, really frustrated and angered at the fact that you have now devoted your life to Jesus, so one of the things he's going to keep trying to do is pull you back to the person that you were. Do not become a slave to your past. Again, the Bible would teach us. And don't look at who you were, what you did, when you did it, with who you did it. Just look forward to the future of what God's going to help you to become. And he's got a plan for your life. And it's a good plan. And he's maturing you. And he's growing you. God is going to grow you and mature you. But one of the ways that this becomes a reality is by building up some muscles of endurance so that after being tested, you can say, you know what? God helped me. And I'm all the better for it. And I'm glad. I wasn't glad in the middle of it, but man, look back, and I'm glad because I can smile now because I can see that God is faithful. I can smile now because I know I'm a stronger person. I can smile now because whatever may happen in the future, I'm better prepared for it. I can smile now because I feel myself growing in God. I'm maturing in God. There's a guy in the Bible, I'm not going to go into his whole story, but you talk about pain and distress in his life. guy in the Old Testament, his name is Job, and everything went wrong. Everything was moving right in his life. All of a sudden, everything starts going wrong, terribly wrong. Loses his health. He loses his business. All of his kids. He loses all of his kids. Not one, not all of his kids. And I mean, he's in like the throes, and I don't want you to think he's like walking around smiling because Job is not smiling. He's not walking around just saying, hey, I'm Mr. Courageous, I'm Mr. Perfect. He's not doing any of those things. He has some serious questions that he's raising. He's asking God, and God allows him to do it, and God's not even mad at him because God's going to restore him anyhow. But in one of the lowest, darkest moments of his life, I want you to look at these verses. This is out of Job, out of Job chapter 2, I believe, verses 9 and 10. Look at these verses up on the screen with me. I mean, it's like a really low point. His wife said to him, are you still holding on to your integrity? Really, Job, after all of this, you know, everything that's gone wrong in your life, really, you're still going to hold fast to your integrity? Why don't you just curse God and die? He replied, you're talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? 
And then look at what he says, what he said about him, actually. In all this, Job did not sin in what he said. He just said, I'm, I'm just going to keep moving on. I'm going to be strong. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. Nick, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to become bitter. I'm allowing God to grow me up. I'm maturing. If you were to see me, and I'll just get ready to wrap this talk up, but if you, if you were to see me one day, you know, I'm, 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 I, these grandkids have just turned me into just a mindless idiot, I'll just tell you. And, you know, I'm just crazy about them, I want to see them all the time. And, and if you were to see me one day just pushing along a, a baby stroller, and you were to see me doing that, maybe outside at Lakeside Village here, and you were to walk over, you would, you would be able to ascertain before you even walked over to me. You'd be like, you know what? I know who he's got in there. He's got that little, you know, newest granddaughter, you know, Landry, and, and you know, because you'd want to see a beautiful child, I'm sure you'd walk right over. And you'd just walk over and you'd do what it, anybody would do. You know, you'd just pull that little covering back and, and you just look and you'd just say, well, that's so normal. That's so beautiful. You know, you'd expect to see her in the baby carriage. But let's say perhaps a couple of weeks later, you see me again. Maybe the same location, same carriage. I'm pushing around. And you're probably going to think, well, he's pushing around that little grand, granddaughter. He's proud of her and, you know, all of that. And you come walking over like, okay, I saw her before a couple of weeks ago, but I'd like to see her again. And then you just sort of pull that back. But this time you were shot because instead of it being my little granddaughter, Landry, it was somebody that looked like this. Just look. Wouldn't that, wouldn't you? You just say, that is not right. That is something that's wrong with this picture. Why is that old guy doing in that baby carriage? You'd be like, why? You know, that's just not normal. Okay, good. I'm glad it's down. It's starting to weird me out. You just say, you, you can't stay like that. You've got to grow up. You've got to mature. You can't take milk your whole life. You know, at some point, you've got to grow up and start eating at manly places like Chick-fil-A. You gotta grow, and you've got to grow up spiritually. And I've got to grow up spiritually. And if you and I take a soft, easy, tested, verse kind of life, we're never going to become all that God intended. And you'll be glad. You will be glad. Because you'll get to a point in your life and you'll look back. And you'll say, it was not easy at the time, but God was faithful. And he walked with me every step of the way. And now look at what God is. And I'm not bitter. I'm better. I'm growing. I'm mature. I'm ready for the next challenge. I'm going to keep my eyes set on Jesus, and I'm going to follow him. I'm not a quitter. I'm only going to get better. I'm only going to get better. I'm only going to get more mature. One last verse, and then we're done. Check out this verse, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse too. And it's just, I think, the example of all examples for us. So let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from beginning to end. And then look at Jesus. Jesus wasn't a quitter. He did not give up because of the cross. On the contrary, because of the joy that was waiting for him, he thought nothing of the disgrace of dying on the cross, and he is now seated at the right side of God's throne. What did Jesus do? He endured the pain. Why? Because he's thinking about us. And uh, he's just saying, you know what? He, he wasn't disconnected from reality. He didn't check out mentally. He didn't just say, you know what? Uh, this is not, this is just, you know, my imagination. He knew. He knew how agonizing the cross was going to be. But he, he endured the pain. And he endured the pain because he looked beyond the pain. And he looked at a hope and a promise that one day we would be restored in relationship with him and spend all of eternity with him in heaven. Remember that verse, James 1, 12? 
and we just keep pressing on and we don't give up. And one day, for those who have just kept pressing on, God's going to reward with a crown of life. For those who are not quitters, for those who didn't give up. And every, every time I get discouraged, every time a, a task wants to knock me to my knees, I just go back to Hebrews 12 too, and I just remember everything that Jesus endured for me. And if Jesus would endure a cross for me, I will endure a challenge for him and not give up and not quit. And you won't either because God's going to help you to be strong. And you'll be able to look, and you may know, this is painful. I'm not really happy now, but I'm not just going to look at the current reality of my life. We're not disconnecting from reality, but I'm just not going to just say, this is, I'm going to look beyond that. And I'm going to look to a hope and a promise that God has for me. Would you stand for our closing prayer? Again, I just tell you, do not, do not, do not miss next week. We're going to pick up right where we left off. And I, I, I'm not even going to tell you what we're going to cover, but I want you to be here, all right? And uh, we're going to grow together. And this is going to be an exciting journey, and we're going to learn together. And God's going to help you to become a stronger person, me to become a stronger person. But before we're done today, I want you to just bow your heads. Everybody, just bow your heads and close your eyes. Because some of you, this is not something that you're going to face in the future. This is something that many of you are walking through right now. You've got a challenge in your life. And you need God to help you. And you don't want to be bitter. You want to be better. You don't want to be a quitter. You want to be somebody that just allows God to grow you. You don't want to throw in the towel. You want to put your hand in the hand of the one who took nails in his hand for you. He endured the cross. He endured the pain. And he looked beyond the pain to a day of hope, promise. And so must we you're here today and you just say, man, that's where I'm at now. A test, a trial, a challenge. And you just lift your hand real high right here in this theater right now. And I can see your hand. And you just raise it up real high and say, man, I'm going through it right now. And I need prayer. And I need help. I need God's grace. All right. I see it. God, help us today. You know every person. You know them by name. You know every detail about their life. Even before they took in their first breath of air. You knew not only of their birth, but also of their destiny. You knew that they would be here right here, right now on this day. You knew that they would lift their hand indicating that they're going through a challenge. And God, may they be reminded in their heart, in their mind, in their spirit, even now, that you are with them and you'll never leave them and you're never going to forsake them. You're never going to walk away from them. You're never going to abandon them, even though they have felt maybe abandoned at some point in their past. But you're not going to do that. You're going to love them and you're going to make them stronger and they're going to get to the other side of the challenge, and they're going to be able to look back. And we don't smile now, but they'll look back and smile and say, man, God was so faithful. God was so good. I'm so stronger. I'm so much better. I'm so much more mature. And it's just God has built my faith. And I know that you're going to help them with that, God. And I pray that they will know that, and they will feel your presence and know that you're with them every single moment of every single day. In Jesus' name. And everybody said. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise before we go? I love you, everybody. Thank you for coming today. I'll see you right back here next Sunday. You be ready. Going back to James.